title of my message tonight is Making Sense of the Census. Making Sense of the Census. Census Day uh, took place on the 21st of March 2021, so that's 21st of March last year. The results were released this past week on Thursday. Of course, most people are talking about the fact that according to the census, there are now more Catholics in the country than Protestants. 45.7% Catholics, 43.5% Protestants. But that's not where my focus is tonight, folks. I want us to think about something that kind of went under the radar on Thursday. And it's figures for the Protestant denominations, figures for the Protestant churches. Some of you may have seen them already, but for the benefit of those who haven't, let me give you the breakdown tonight. So uh, Presbyterians, down 8.4%. That's those who identify as Presbyterians, down 8.4%. Church of Ireland, down 11.6%. Now this is all since 2011. So the decade really from 2011 to 2021 The question is, what happened? What has happened? Let's go through the other figures. The Methodist Church, down 17.6%. Baptists, down 13.3%. Pentecostal, down 9.9%. Free Presbyterian, down 16.3%. Brethren, down 28.2%. Congregational, down 36.3%. Reformed Presbyterian down uh, 4.3%. And what about the Independent Methodists? They're no different. Down 7.5%. Did you notice the common trend there? All down. Makes for very grim reading. Now, I'm not here to depress you tonight, but I'm here, folks, to encourage you and to try to stir you up to pray for revival, to pray and to to redouble your efforts to cry out to God to bring down, to pour out revival and to send us down revival and to send down the Holy Ghost because nothing else will solve this conundrum. We need the Holy Spirit. We desperately need him. You see, people today look around, and and we do it too, and say, boy, isn't the world in an awful state? It's in an awful mess. I said to somebody yesterday, you know the reason why it's in the state of sin? You know the reason why it's in the mess it's in? It's because of the church. It's because of the Protestant churches in Ulster in recent times. You see, William Cowper said on one occasion, When nations are to perish in their sins, tis in the church the leprosy begins. You get it? When nations are to perish in their sins, tis in the church the leprosy begins. And there's been a leprosy in the church. 
in recent times, in recent years, and would even say recent decades. This is not a new problem. There's an underlying problem. There is something seriously wrong with the Protestant churches in Ulster. And we want to try to get to the root of it, or or at least start to try to get to the root of it tonight. Let me, let me throw out this question before I go any further. Do we care about the state of the church? Do we care today about the state of the churches in the land? It's a very, very heart-searching question. Do we care about the state of God's work today? I want to talk to you tonight about a man who did care. And his name is Nehemiah. And he has a very good name. It's a very encouraging name. Do you know what the name Nehemiah means? God has comforted. God has comforted. I pray that God will comfort the churches in Ulster in the days ahead with revival. For that's the greatest way that you can comfort the churches. Oh, that the Lord would come and comfort us as individual believers. Those of you tonight who care about the work of God. God bless you and may he comfort you and give you the desires of your heart in the days ahead. Nehemiah cared about God's work. He cared about Israel. He cared about Judah. He cared about Jerusalem. And I want to leave with you tonight some ways in which he cared. We ought to care about the state of the Protestant churches in Ulster today. We ought to be like Nehemiah and have the same concern and care for God's work. First of all, Nehemiah cared enough to ask. I want you to think about that first of all. He cared enough to ask. Nehemiah asks about about the remnant that are back in Judah and Jerusalem. He asks about the Jews and how's things going. What about the work of God back in Judah? Look at verse 2 if you have your Bible there. Nehemiah 1 verse 2. I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. Then verse 3, and they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. Boy, whenever I read that word province on Thursday evening, it hit me right between the eyes like a ton of bricks. After hearing the figures for the Protestant churches in our province. Oh yes, Nehemiah. He's talking about the province of Judah. But what about our wee province called Ulster? Nehemiah cared enough to ask. And he asks these men, how how are things? You see, Nehemiah has stayed in the palace at Shushan. To get the context, you need to understand that that this is about a hundred years after the Jews have returned to Israel and to Judah. But Nehemiah is still here in the palace of the king of Persia. And he's, he's concerned and he's, 
He's burdened for his countrymen back home. And he asks about the state of God's work back in Judah. He cared enough to ask. Boy, it's nice when people ask you how's things going. An awful lot of people will come and criticize you and complain and tell you all your faults. But it's nice when you get genuine believers who come and, boy, they could, they, could, they could tell you about a whole lot of your faults and they could point out all your mistakes, but they don't do it. They bite their tongue. And rather than doing that, they come and encourage you and ask, well, how's it going? How's that aspect of the ministry going? Or how's that area of your life? How are you getting on? I'm here for you. I'll pray with you. I'm praying for you. If there's anything I can do to help, I'm here. Nice when people ask. And Nehemiah asked. And I'm sure that encouraged these brethren here. It speaks of Hanani there in verse 2. And certain men of Judah. And Nehemiah cared enough to ask them. It's good you know that we care enough to ask maybe a somebody from another church how's it going with you? How's things in your congregation? Don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Keep going. We're praying for you in our congregation. It's nice when we ask and we encourage one another. You see, there's only really one church of Jesus Christ, isn't there? We're all regiments in the one church. You know those denominations I read out earlier? They're just different regiments in the Lord's army. And there's really only one army, isn't there? I know people get all hot and bothered about denominations in our country. And um, I believe that's one of the problems. That's one of the reasons why we're in the state we're in, by the way. It's good that we can pray for one another and not be so worried about the label above the door. Because you see those labels, they're either going to fall off when you go to heaven or they're going to be burned off when you go to hell. Some one of the two. Nehemiah cared enough to ask, and then I want you to notice, secondly, Nehemiah cared enough to weep. He cared enough to weep. Verse 4, And it came to pass when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept, and mourned certain days. When Nehemiah heard that the walls of Jerusalem were in ruins, that the gates had been destroyed, that the whole thing was a pile of rubble, he wept. You see, Jerusalem was the city where the Messiah was going to come someday and he was going to walk outside the walls of the city and he was going to bleed and die for sinful wretches in new buildings. So it was was rather important that the city of Jerusalem was built. 
Nehemiah, I wonder, did he see down the centuries of time, did the Holy Spirit give him an understanding that the Messiah would come and go to Jerusalem and the holy city and hang upon the middle cross for Nehemiah's sins and for our sins too? And he weeps. He weeps when he hears about the state of the Lord's work back in Judah. Boy, I tell you folks, when you hear about the state of the churches in Ulster today, it would make you weep. When you think about the Protestant churches today and the decline in, in attendances, the decline in those who identify as, as belonging to the different churches, it would cause you to weep. And Nehemiah weeps and it says that he not only wept but he mourned as well. Haven't we had a period of mourning for our late queen? And rightly so. Do you know tonight, as I said to the children this morning, tonight is the beginning of the Jewish New Year. And for the next ten days until Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, it's called Days of Awe. And there's ten of them. And they're really days of mourning. Ten days of mourning. And the Jews mourn over their sins. And they try, they, they, they determine and they say, I'm going to try to be a better Jew next year. Of course, that's a waste of time. Because, because what all they're doing is going about to establish their own righteousness, which nobody can ever do because Christ is our righteousness. Jehovah said, can you? But they mourn for the next 10 days. You know, as I heard those figures on Thursday, I felt like mourning. I thought to myself, boy, wouldn't it be great if we could, if we could have 10 days of prayer in the church? But then I said, I don't want to work you good folks into the ground. So I know you're busy and you're doing your best and serving the Lord in whatever way you can. But boy, I tell you, wouldn't it be good if we could spend the next 10 days in prayer at home? In our quiet time. And maybe give a wee bit of extra time to prayer. To pray, Lord, will you have mercy on the Protestant churches in Ulster? And will you revive us again? Change the, the situation, Lord. Cause the, the trend to go upward rather than downward. Breathe life into your church, Lord Jesus. I know there's people who are going to bury their head in the sand and pretend everything's all right in the church in Northern Ireland today. What are you making a big fuss about? Sure, things are going well. That's like the ostrich, isn't it? It's what ostriches do, bury their head in the sand. Now I tell you, anyone who digests those figures from the census will be led to mourn and to weep. If not outwardly, 
inwardly. Nehemiah cared enough to ask. Nehemiah cared enough to weep. Nehemiah cared enough to pray. To pray. See verse 4. He prayed before the God of heaven. Alan Redpath, the convention speaker, you know what he said about church ministry today? He said there is too much working before men and not enough waiting before God. Too much working before men and not enough waiting before God. I think he got it right. Nehemiah waited before God. He began to pray. First thing he does is is praise the Lord. Speaks there in verse 5 about the, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God. He gives God his place. Thank God he's still the same today. We can come before him, our great God. See, I'm not here to discourage you tonight. I'm here to point you to the God that Nehemiah prayed to. And then Nehemiah goes on to confess. He starts confessing his sins and the sins of the nation. And confession takes up most of the prayer, by the way. I tell you, folks, you'd go to a lot of church prayer meetings today and you wouldn't hear much confession. You'll not hear it. And there are a lot of Christians who pray today and there's not much confession. Funny, Nehemiah was very different. There's a lot of confession here. Verse 6 and 7. The sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house, have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. He didn't say it was somebody else's fault. He didn't say, Lord, you see the mess that they're in back in Jerusalem. Not my fault, Lord, somebody else's fault. He doesn't pass the buck. And we must not do that tonight. Don't you dare pass the buck to another Christian and blame another Christian. And I dare not do it either. Blame somebody else for the state of the church today. I must confess. I must tell the Lord about my failures, my shortcomings. I'm going to do that. And I've done it already. I've done it all my Christian life and I'll do it until I reach the pearly gates. Confession. Well, I wonder what sins the Protestant churches of Ulster would have to confess. Let's make it relevant. 
Well, when you think of recent times, and I suppose when you're a pastor in the work, you see firsthand some of the things that happen. And you see division in the work of God. And people falling out. Christians not speaking with other Christians. Ministers not speaking with other ministers. I could tell you about a minister, and if he saw another particular minister, he would nearly spit on him. This is in our province. And he wouldn't dare set foot in the other minister's church. Not in a million years. Is it any wonder things are the way they are? You have Christians who hop from church to church. They get offended in one church and off they are to, the, to another church. It's not very long before they're offended in that church. So they, they, they have to hop to the next church. Church hoppers all their life. Division and carnality. Christians falling out over the color of the carpet in a church or the color of the paint on the wall. Christians sitting in prayer meetings in Ulster. And they're praying, Lord, speak to me. Speak to us, Lord. They'd be better speaking to that other brother or sister that they're not speaking to. Gimmicks coming into the churches. The Bible being squeezed out, relegated to to five minutes at the end of the service. Just get a big name, an exciting person into the church that will draw a crowd. But I want to tell you folks, the only big name that we need in the church is Jesus Christ. And if we want to reverse the trend, the current trajectory of the Protestant churches in Ulster, we need to get back to Jesus Christ and his word. You see, notice what it says. If you go to your Bible there and look at Nehemiah chapter 1 and notice verse 8. I want you, this is another phrase that hit me between the eyes like a ton of bricks when I read it. Nehemiah 1 verse 8. Remember I beseech thee the word. Remember the word. What does the word of God say? In every circumstance of life, in every aspect of the work of God, remember the word. What saith the scriptures? Down through recent decades... Protestant churches have abandoned God's word, disobeying God's word, and the whole thing came to a head in 2020. Because in the year 2020, the Protestant churches in our province did the unthinkable and they closed. 
When people were terrified and people thought they were going to die, 99% of churches closed. I have a friend who was out in Poland recently. And he told the, the Polish Christians what had happened, how the churches over here had closed. And they couldn't believe it. You did what? They didn't close. Protestant churches did the unthinkable and then they did the unbiblical. Whenever the churches opened up again, no singing. Even though the word of God commands us to sing. It doesn't suggest that we sing. It doesn't uh, encourage us to sing. It commands us to sing. Time and time again. So the book of Psalms is full of it. Sing unto the Lord. It even says in one place, sing unto the Lord with a loud voice. No communion. Oh, oh, that's a no, no. See that bread and that wine or grape juice? No, definitely not. Even though the word of God said, Till he come. As often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. It's called perpetual. Until the second advent. Communion, the Lord's Supper, is never to be suspended. I could go on, folks. But you know, is it any wonder that we're in the state we're in? I know most people won't even touch on these things. They're not mentioning this stuff. They just gloss over it and pretend that everything's all right. But I tell you, in 2020 and in, in, in the decade before that, we grieved the Holy Spirit. The Protestant churches of Ulster have grieved the Holy Spirit. And you know what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches in the province tonight? This is what I believe he's saying. Hosea chapter 5 verse 15. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense. You get it? I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Some of you may not agree with what I'm saying tonight, folks, but I want to tell you this is the message that God gave for me to preach tonight. So if you don't agree with it, your argument is not with me. Your argument's with the Lord. Take it to him. And that's what every one of us need to do tonight. We need to get before the Lord and we need to say, Now, Lord, see what was preached tonight. Was it biblical? And I believe it is. You see, we're in a desperate situation, folks. 
we need to get desperate. And we need judgment day honesty. See, I'm going to stand before Christ someday and give an account. And you're going to stand before him too. And the people who come on a Sunday morning and the people who come on a Thursday evening, they're going to stand before him too. It's going to be single file at the judgment seat. And we need to be ready. Now let me finish. He cared enough to ask. He cared enough to weep. He cared enough to pray. And then he cared enough to volunteer. Verse 11. Prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. So Nehemiah is going to go back to Jerusalem. He's going to leave the palace with all the luxury. And he's going to go to the rubble of Jerusalem. He's going to volunteer. He's going to do what he can to turn things around. With God's help, he's going to do what he can. He can't do what everybody else must do, but he can do what what, what God wants him to do. And he's not going to sit back and he's not going to lament and even pray and just leave it there. No, he's going to do something. What we need in these days in the Protestant churches in Ulster is for people, yes, who, who, who will ask and who will weep and who will pray, but also people who will volunteer. Lord, what can I do to reverse this trend? And you know the the amazing thing is that whenever Nehemiah volunteered, a miracle took place. In 52 days, the walls of Jerusalem were rebuilt, the gates were repaired, and the people were rejoicing. And it all started with one man who cared. So in light of the figures that I read out to you earlier, you can have them if you want afterward. But in light of those figures, I think we would all agree that we need to evangelize like never before. But above all, we need revival. And you know, folks, with revival may come persecution. It may come. Persecution. But I am prepared for it. If it means obeying God and putting Christ first, and it brings persecution, so be it. I'll say hallelujah as long as revival comes with the persecution. I very often the two go together revival and persecution. But you know, wasn't it Henry V in Shakespeare who said, For he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother.